Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. The 2022 college football regular season has come to a close. And for the second straight year, our UGA Bulldogs finished the season a perfect and unblemished 12-0 after taking down Georgia Tech in clean, old-fashioned hate over the weekend. I said it's great to be a Georgia Bulldog. Ain't it, boys? Indeed it is, my friend. 12-0, back-to-back seasons, uh, exceeding even my expectations. Um, so kudos to Kirby Smart in the, in the 2022 version of the Dogs to do something that not many teams do in the SEC with back-to-back undefeated seasons. Um, also took the out-of-town family, my California in-laws, to Athens this past weekend to watch a systematic beatdown of Georgia Tech. It started out really slow, not the most exciting game in the world, but we just piece by piece just broke them down, broke them apart. Uh, they scored late. Now, what was the final score? 37-14. Um, a great win, great way to end the season, and now on to Mercedes-Benz this weekend. It's good to be the king. Doesn't happen very often. Two years, 12-0, and back-to-back. Boys, we're living in the glory times. I know we've said it before, but we really need to relish it. And uh, I, too, was in Athens. I rolled up there 11 deep. Only seven of us went to the game, and uh, it was fun. Uh, slow start. Hot finish, though, truth be told, we left the game at halftime and uh, enjoyed some of the establishments downtown for the second half before heading back to Atlanta. So I was in Blue Ridge over the weekend for Thanksgiving. Um, uh-oh, Gans fell. <laughs> if, you seek, if you need assistance, call for uh, – no, if you feel discomfort, seek assistance. Uh, in any event, um, so I watched on TV, slow start lethargic um students were slow rolling in what was the vibe kind of like in athens Um, i will say that i was slow rolling in as well um we we left from hartwell got to athens a little bit late um we did not hit any traffic until we actually got to athens uh but by the time we got into the game into the seats we were already down 7-0 so uh hand raised i was just like the students uh got a late start just like the team so I will say it was very similar to me to Kent State, the uh, first game I went to this season, where it was just you know a noon kick, not an exciting opponent, um, and I feel like we played down to our to our opponent's level for a little bit. But uh, after after that first score, we got punched in the face. I don't think they crossed their own thirty eight yard line until their last drive of the game. Dogs could have actually covered in that game. Um, Again, thirty seven fourteen. It, um, uh, you know, they got that late score, but the dogs are up 37 seven with the chance to, to drive and score. And, and that got stopped out, but we're going to move on. I know we, we keep saying that. I feel like we've been playing pretty vanilla. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to put too much on the line this weekend either and, and save it for the playoff run. Uh, I thought Kenny McIntosh looked fantastic. Um, who else looked good? Uh, Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint with a great touchdown catch. Uh, just just a, a solid win and um, excited for uh, this weekend against the Cajuns from Louisiana. Yeah, Kenny Mack, Kenny Mack filled up the stat sheet, both catching the ball and running the ball, I think in. almost 200 yards total. Um, he is definitely our most dynamic playmaker, not named Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock, another touchdown. That was an interesting play that Reese pointed out was – 
intended to, it appeared to be uh, a play to Jalen Carter for him to get his Jordan Davis moment. And then he moved on to, to Brock. Uh, questionable whether he caught the ball or not. You know, the Zebras didn't do the, the Georgia fans much favors throughout the day. So glad that one stuck. No, I, it's funny you said I got a text message halfway through the game from an Alabama fan friend of mine who said that Georgia seems to get all the calls. It was after they did not overturn the incomplete pass to Georgia Tech down the sidelines. And then we proceeded to have an offensive pass interference on Brock Bowers. We proceeded to have an incomplete pass on Arian Smith in the corner. Stetson Bennett, I think, scored three touchdowns on that very drive. And then Brock Bowers' touchdown catch actually looked to scrape the ground. So I think the Zebras may have been out uh, with a little post-Thanksgiving hangover that morning. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was some interesting calls by the officiating there. Uh, my, my concern, or I wasn't really concerned, but I'm, I'm curious that after Mississippi State, if we intentionally are just focusing on the run game because we didn't have a ton of success against Mississippi State running the ball, and if you go to Kentucky, you go to Georgia Tech, we really took the air out of the ball. I mean, McConkie had zero targets on Saturday. Uh, very vanilla play calling. It's kind of like let's just let's just burn clock, get out of here, and move on to Mercedes Benz. There are three targets to receivers on Saturday. That was it. Uh, I do think that that some of this is intentional. Uh, Larry, I agree with your uh, take on the refs. They were pretty bad. In fact, I thought that the the Brock touch, touchdown was an incomplete pass. I thought the other two were, were touchdowns. Um, yeah, I really do think we're holding stuff back because we could have gone out. I think this weekend was a name your score type of game, and it, it didn't turn out to be that. I heard an interesting stat that I, I can't – I'm going to screw it up, but I think Georgia Tech is only the third or fourth team to score um, two touchdowns on us this season. Well, that was – I think they were the first in a couple of years to score a first-quarter touchdown or a first-drive right. touchdown. That was the first team to like score that. a first-quarter touchdown on us in like two years. It's, I mean, that's a crazy stat. So Brent Key got the job, uh, wasn't without a little bit of, of uh, drama the last couple of days, but I think he's – we've been saying it. Like, he seems like the right guy for the job. He had them prepared at the start of that game, had a good game plan. Um, the talent is just, is just not, not even close, but I think they made the right choice, right? I would agree. I think Brent Key's the right guy for the job. I mean, obviously, he's an alum. He's passionate about it. Um, Jay Locke sent me a video of a press conference he had earlier this year where he just talks about you know how excited he is to be there, about his ability, he thinks, to recruit to Georgia Tech. I mean, it's all going to come down to their administration and giving him the keys to the kingdom, how much money they're going to let him spend on assistance. Are they going to upgrade the facilities? Um, and if they do that, I think he's going to be pretty good. I mean, he does come from the Saban family tree of coaches, so he knows he knows the recruiting program. Um, and if he can recruit the city of Atlanta, I, there's no reason to think you can't get Georgia Tech back at least competitive in their own division in the ACC. I, I agree with that 100. percent I think he's done a pretty good job with what he's you know had. Uh, it's tough to to coach when your hands are tied behind your back, so it all comes down to the amount of resources that that, that they're willing to give him. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to give him a ton. I just don't think they have a ton to give. Um, so we'll see. TBD. We uh, we nailed that one. We called that one pretty early, uh, as well as uh, two of the three of us got the Hugh Freeze hire correct. Yeah, roll mark that tape from last week. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but the eyes of the nation were, were a little north of Athens with that Michigan Ohio State game, which not sure how much of that you guys got a chance to, to watch. I watched the second half. Um, you know, touch and go with, with the Georgia game. Interesting conversation amongst all of our friends about who we were rooting for, who we should be rooting for. Um, I think Ohio State's the better team 
Truthfully, I think they're a more dangerous team, but they got their asses kicked by Michigan. Asses kicked at home, by the way, against Michigan. So I caught the very end as we were walking out of Sanford Stadium. Uh, we watched the end of that game, saw Donovan, was it Donovan Edwards, whatever his name is, rip off that huge run, saw a couple interceptions uh, to seal that. I mean, I look at Michigan, and I was more nervous facing them last year because, quite frankly, I just didn't know a ton about them. Uh, but I feel like they're a JV version of Georgia, right? Pro-style offense. Um, again, they just don't have – I don't think they have the horses to keep up with us. So, uh, quite frankly, I don't care who we play. Break, was it Michigan? Is it TCU? Is it USC? Is it Ohio State? I do not care. Line them up. Let's go play ball. CNLA, and I look forward to uh, spraying champagne on Gans at a hotel lobby uh, come January 9th. I agree. Again, Larry, you're 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 lining them up. Michigan this year does not have uh, Ojabo or Aiden Hutchinson, uh, who were arguably their two best players last year. Uh, they don't scare me. I've watched probably eight of twelve TCU games this year. Uh, they don't really scare me. They don't scare me at all. And in fact, we beat them by twenty five points. Uh, USC, I haven't seen as much. Uh, they have zero defense. Ohio State, they just got throttled at home. So. I, yeah, I don't care. Whoever you want to, as long as they're not an NFL team, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, so Caleb Williams is a really good quarterback. I watched a little bit of that Notre Dame game on Saturday night. He reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes with the way he's just kind of a magician running around back there. I think he pretty much locked up the Heisman this past Saturday. Um, but, Gans, you're right. The offensive line is weak. They don't have any defense. Like, he's going to make some plays and, and you know, maybe score a couple points, but – um, you know, Lincoln Riley's first year, I think they have like 39 kids from the transfer portal. Like they're not going to be able to hang with us either. To, to your point about Michigan, I mean, I remember we played them last year, not very long ago. I mean, it was a complete domination. Do we think that the teams are that much different 12 months later? I just don't think so. Coaching staff's the same. We have this, you know, sure we lost a lot of folks on defense, but we've at nauseum talked about how we filled those holes. We have the better quarterback. Um, yeah, I just don't. I just don't see Michigan as a threat. Their quarterback this year, so JJ McCarthy now, who came and only played a little bit of the game last year, he's now the starter. I think he's a little bit more dynamic of a playmaker than Cade McNamara, um, and uh, and um, well, Corum, the running back, you know, is a you know was considered to be a Heisman Trophy candidate until he got dinged up a little bit. So you know, they have a couple players. But their Joe Moore offensive line, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line last year, we completely dominated. I don't think that offensive line is as good this year as it was last year. And, you know, even though we don't have the big names on defense like we did last year, we're almost a better team unit. Um, we do have a couple weak spots still with Chaz Chambliss. You know, he, he gives me a lot of uh, concern when he's in the game. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not scared at all. Like, I, I think uh, I think a Michigan rematch is going to be very much um, a, a lot of the same that we saw last year. Seems like we're sort of on a collision course. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this weekend. Uh, I don't, I don't see any. I wouldn't say I would bet there wouldn't be any upsets, which means they will be an upset. I think Georgia wins. I think Michigan wins. I, I think TCU wins. They've already beat K State once. And I think USC wins. So, right, they all win, then, then that's your top four. But will they? Uh, will it be number one Georgia versus number four USC or number one Georgia versus number four TCU, right? That's where there could be a little shakeup there. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed the text messages from, from our Michigan friends asking, so does Michigan jump over Georgia for their first spot after the, them beating Ohio State? I wrote back, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Slow your roll. It's it's not going to happen. shouldn't happen. Um, came out one through four like it should. The interesting thing this week was whether Ohio State or Alabama was going to get the five spot. I think they got it right with Ohio State. I mean, they're they don't have any impressive wins, but Alabama could have lost, lost four times. And you know, I mean, and lost four Tennessee times probably and, should have been in front of Alabama as well because you know, like all things, they lost the head to head. Yeah, and I was hearing one of the talking heads, uh, you know, pump their chest for for Alabama's arguments for getting in, and he was cross examined by whoever the other person was. He said, "Well, name me Alabama's two best wins," and he said, "Texas and Mississippi I, State." Is, is that really their list or that they're going to stand on and say or these are our great victories? Yeah. He said those two. That, those are the two he came with. I can, and I'm argue, like, I, I can argue both sides. I see people's points on both sides uh, of Alabama and Tennessee. I can argue both sides of it. I think on a neutral field that Alabama would probably beat Tennessee. I think, you know, we've gone through this, all the cards, all the stars aligned for Tennessee that day. But I also understand. Hey, you you can't, you argue. can't take that. You cannot take that neutral field argument away from Tennessee, Jason. I, right. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. So, uh, I yeah, think the better, know. the better question uh, on neutral field is. I don't think there's going to be any shakeup. I think, I think all four of the top four teams will win. And I think that the only thing that could get a little squirrely is, um, I think they'd love to get Michigan USC in that first, in the first round game. So I could see them dropping TCU to four. I, I could see that happening, which I would love. See, Bring I, them on. I, I think the more, Atlanta the more the, Interesting question from my perspective. Yeah, the more interesting question from my perspective is if TCU loses, um, what happens then? Because then they've essentially been penalized trying to play this extra game while Alabama and Ohio State just sat home and didn't have to do it. Um, I think they probably get dropped out of the four, right or wrong. Um, it, it calls back into question, like, what are we even doing with these conference cha- with these conference championship games? Yeah, I mean, point? best case scenario for the playoff committee is that chalk holds and all these teams that are playing in championship games this weekend win. Worst case scenario, you get you get a couple losses and it throws everything into chaos theory. Um, and then you'll have your Ohio State fans and Alabama fans and are up or thinking they have a chance to get in. Uh, if I'm if I'm on the committee and, you know, I'm not just so everybody knows. So we're clear and transparent. Um I would, I don't, I think that Georgia, TCU, and Michigan all could lose and still, still be in the playoff. I think USC, just because of strength of schedule, they're the only ones. And they already have one loss. Um, And they're, and they already have one loss. So, you know, and if that holds, then, you know, Ohio State gets the four slot um, and we go from there. But uh, I don't think Ohio State is deserving of a playoff spot. They didn't beat anybody, they got throttled at home. I don't think Alabama's deserving of a four spot. Um, so once again, this goes back to an earlier conversation we had this year about the 12 team playoff of which I'm, which I'm in favor of because I think it's just more football, but we're having a hard time finding potentially four teams to just fill the playoffs this year. I think the only team that could get bounced this weekend is USC unless TCU loses by like 28 to, to K state. Uh, I think even if TCU, TCU loses 35-31, I think they're probably in. I don't think there's any way that Georgia or Michigan get bounced out. So it's kind of going to be an uh, anticlimactic weekend, I think. As we say that, you know something crazy is going to happen. I mean, I think that, that the committee would love nothing more than a way to put four of these blue bloods in there. You got five just dominant programs, Georgia, Michigan, USC, Alabama, Ohio State. If they could somehow get four of those teams in, you know, regardless of what it takes to get there, I think they'd be thrilled. I think that's where the most money comes in, most eyeballs. 
I think TCU deserves it. I agree with whichever one of y'all said. Even if they lose, they should still be in. Um, but I have this feeling that, you know, Saban has this magic potion over these folks. And, you know, if they can get them in or the Ohio State brand in, they're going to yeah, try to Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play any of them. I think, again, it would take TCU to lose by, you know, a big number to get bounced out. So the team that I think had a chance, potentially, if they beat us in the SC Championship game, which, by the way, is not going to happen, but if they did, had a chance to get in. Uh, they F that up. LSU, they got uh, They Again, this is almost like similar to uh, Tennessee turning Spencer Rattler into Spencer Rattler that everybody thought he would be. Uh, LSU allowed Texas A&M to be the team that everybody thought they would be to start the year. I mean, A&M looked really good against LSU. Um, some of their, their youngsters finally came to play. They had a freshman quarterback and they just beat the crap out of LSU. Um, Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback has been in a walking boot. Um, they're coming into Mercedes Benz a little bit walking wounded. Uh, I think they have one player on their team that gives me concern. And that's the freshman linebacker. Uh, was it Harold Perkins? I believe that's his name. Uh, he's going to be the best player on their team on the field for them. And, uh, I think our offensive line will be able to, to keep him off. But, uh, a lot of the luster from that game, uh, the shine of that, of the game next week or this weekend came off when they got throttled by the Mets. I don't see them being motivated really to play this weekend. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I think the dogs will come out hot. I think we are going to beat the piss out of them. Um, I, they do have a couple of good players. Butte is a good receiver. And uh, Jason Taylor's kid, Mason Taylor, uh, is a good tight end. Um, we'll see if, if Daniels can't run there in deep, deep doo-doo. Uh, it could get ugly early. Would you like a, uh, a statistic around Georgia's last six top 15 opponents not named Alabama? I would, Larry. Send it. Um, so this is courtesy of Chris Falica from ESPN. In the last two years, we played six top 15 teams not, not named Alabama. In those games, we've given up 13 points, 3 points, 11 points, 13 points, 0 points, and 3 points. We have an average margin of victory of 24 so we have covered all six, and the under has hit in all six games. I feel like a Larry's Losers is being teed up here. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. Well, that, that of course, uh, is a good recipe for this weekend. Are those LSU even still in the top 15? I don't know. Maybe they just snuck in there. But you talk about the shine coming off the game. You can sense it in, like, ticket prices. You can sense it in people's attitudes towards going to the game. Um, it's It's just a strange vibe. It's kind of like I hope that – Gans, you said that LSU is is, is likely not to get up to the game. So. I, I I have trust that Kirby will get our boys ready, but a part of me is is a little bit worried. Um, Lawrence, before we started, you, you said what your speech would be to the dogs. So how would yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, going? We, we've shown a couple times this year that we play down to the level of our opponents. You know, we came out flat against Mizzou. Uh, Kentucky wasn't super exciting. Tech wasn't super exciting. Um, and I think the way you motivate the team this year is they have an, they have an opportunity ahead of them to do something that even our national championship team last year didn't do, and that's go undefeated 15-0 and with an SEC championship. Um, and so I think that's what's going to fire up these guys. Uh, they have the ability to do, to do something special. Um, we, always, we all know last year uh, we came out against Bama, got smoked in Mercedes-Benz, but then got our revenge back in Indianapolis. Uh, but I'm hoping that that's kind of the motivation to light the fire under these guys. Um, to, to keep them going. It's a short list of teams that have gone 15 and 0, right? I mean, offhand, Alabama probably did it, but uh, who else? 2019 LSU, 2020 Clemson, uh, 
Clemson. I don't know if Clemson – Clemson always seemed to have some sort of slip-up, but maybe they went 15-0. I don't recall. Yeah, I think they did. Uh, I, I, and I'm sorry, I dropped for a second there. Uh, our buddy Eric Strasburg sent around the stat earlier. I think Georgia's minus 175 to win, win the championship this year, uh, which I think is about right. What's the spread in the game? Uh, 18 uh, – sorry, this, as of this morning, I think it was 17 and a half. Um, I've seen it – Lock it I've in. seen it as high as 18 and a half. Um, I think a lot of it depends on Jaden Daniels' health uh, come kickoff. Where's the money coming in uh, from? A lot of money. A lot of Which money. Side? When I last checked yesterday, uh, about 65 to 70% of the bets were on LSU plus 18 and a half. It's a lot of points, right, for a, for a conference championship game. But if you saw what L- – and, and Georgia hasn't lit it up the past few weeks, right? But and you see what um, LSU did against or, – or what they didn't do against the, the Mets of college football. Uh, it gives a little pause. I mean, it's a lot of points for a championship game. LSU seems to play close games. Uh, Clay Travis today, he picked LSU to cover – not win, but obviously – but cover – um, and so I can see why why you would take LSU plus the points, but I do think that it's a sucker bet. It's a home game for the dogs, and we play well in, in the best. That's right. I think I think the crowd is going to be what seventy five percent Georgia, seventy percent Georgia. I think it would have been more like sixty forty Georgia, but the Cajuns aren't as interested in coming to this game now, unless they live here and it's their chance to see their team. Um, I can see a twenty seven thirteen kind of a game you know, get ahead early and just kind of go vanilla. So I guess gun to head, I would, I would probably say the dogs don't cover. Um, but I also could see it. And I love playing both sides. Then just, you know, boat racing them and just going 41 to nothing or something. Cause LSU just, just rolls over and lies down. Um, I think you're right. Daniels, whether he plays or not, it's going to be the, be a big factor. Yeah. I, I'm kind of thinking 35, 14. I think that it's similar to the game last week where we just, Long sustained drives with points and uh, and just beat just beat them down. I don't think uh, I, I don't really see it being like Oregon at the beginning of the season where we just came come out hot and score on our first seven drives. But maybe maybe I just don't know. I mean I don't know enough to see if LSU can stop us. Uh, but I do think uh, I think it's an uh, we hit the under. I think we cover, um, and I think uh, I think LSU is a little bit of a sucker play. You got a score, Rojo? Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say 35-10. I tell you, you and Lawrence, you know, the whole, the whole way you get ratings in shows <laughs> is to have a little bit of banter back and forth. Uh, I'm not asking for like, uh, 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 some haymakers, but maybe a pillow fight or two between the two of you. I got cut out. I'm, I'm having technical difficulties today for the first time. If I heard what he said, I would have gone the opposite way. I said, I said 35, 14, <laughs> slow, methodical beatdown. Um, Red, you know what? It's just, you know, it, it's so good to be the king, right? To quote Jason Gans. There's just a yeah. lot of love here on last call. Good to be the king, Larry. Hey, uh, Gan, Gan, is there Gans other games? Be a lot of money though, because he is way down on Larry's losers this year. How did we do we last won. week? The Bears, the California Bears, actually lost. They covered the ten. They lost by seven against UCLA and actually had a chance to win that game. But let me tell you, that is a painful team to watch. How much of that did you watch? Because the in-laws were in town that are Cal. Uh, I watched a lot of it because I was with uh, a couple Cal alum. Uh, we did go to Southern Heart Brewery in downtown Hartwell, and they had the game on TV because it was on Fox, and we were able to watch the end of the game uh, in public and uh, and saw the Bears kind of choke away an opportunity to win. But they were leading at halftime. Yeah, I 
didn't, I thought they were going to lose by 69 points. I mean, that just seemed like a total ass drubbing. I was shocked to see where it ended up. So good call there, Larry. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, I've looked you at were, a couple games this weekend, Josh. We want to get into it. Um, if you were to choose from, you can't give us a six-pack. Are there even six games so, right. played? Yeah. He's picking high school teams. Yeah, so uh, USC is minus three against Utah. Utah already beat them uh, once this year. Uh, I mean, I feel like the favorites look a little bit too easy. USC minus three, TCU minus two. Um, I think both of those are a little bit suckery plays. Uh, LSU plus 18.5 or 17.5, whatever you see the line at today, with 65% of the bets coming in are, are a little bit of a sucker play. Uh, but where I'm going, and it's not the most exciting game on the board, but what I think the biggest sucker play on the board this weekend is Tulane is minus three. There was a lot of rumors about Willie Fritz jumping uh, jumping from the Big Easy to Georgia Tech this week. Um, so I'm sure he had to deal with a lot of crap with his team there. 85% of the bets are currently on Tulane minus three. So I'm going to take Gus Malzahn in the in the 2017 National Champion Central Florida, uh, whatever they are, Knights to cover the the spread on that one. So I got UCF plus three as the sucker bet of the week on a uh, on championship weekend. Of course, I'll take the other side. However, I thought you would have gone with uh, LSU as the sucker bet because that, that seems like a lot of points there. And I thought you were going to go with the dogs, but I'm glad you, you, you didn't go anywhere near that game. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, going to pause for one second. I'll be right back. Larry dug deep into the old bag of tricks to come up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great pause face. Um, that's, that's the problem with doing these things during a work day is that things yeah. pop up. I will say that I'm pretty proud of, of this group and three of us and Tom who joined a few times that we did, did this, you know, podcast every week of the year. Um, we started out on week one and we said, let's try it. People seem to like it. People seem to be listening. So, uh, golf clap to, uh, to us for doing this. And, um, we've been able to do most of these at night, which makes it a little bit easier with schedules and, and not with work intervening. I, I got to say, this has been one of the, the busiest weeks of my professional career. Um, bunch of, you know, bunch of stuff going on. So, uh, we're having to fit this in. Um, uh, but thank you guys for, for making the, making the time to make it work every week. And for us going, is it 13 for 13 in terms of, Yes. And we've done we've done a good job. I've enjoyed it. Actually, I'm down in Tampa today, so we're able to, to fit things in as best we can to manage schedules. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, though, in, in the three times I've been up to Athens this year. Um, I did not get very many like, hey, that's the guy from last call. But maybe maybe by next year <laughs> we'll get there. You got, hey, that's the yeah, guy from Larry, Full House. Start a TikTok. You can become a TikTok. I, I, what I need is last call merch. I need the merch, and I need to wear it around, and I need to start a, have a T-shirt cannon. Uh, to spread the gospel well, next year. Next well, we're year. taking. Well, I was gonna say next ahead, year, Jason. or you've got a few weeks till uh, you know the playoffs. I was gonna say we're taking the show on the road, uh, if nothing else, to Los Angeles in a few weeks. God willing, um, maybe we'll get a live show. It gets it gets yeah, in production. It's better than the last live show we did uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah, that, that, that live show has yet to see the light of day. Uh, did anybody t- jump out to you as the Jumbo, Jimbo of the yeah, weekend? Yeah, it's unfortunate because I really like the guy. But Dan Lanning, I think we've got to ring him up for uh, another boneheaded you know, fourth down call on his, own, uh, on his own side of the field that cost his team the game. Unfortunate because he's a good dude, but sorry, Danny, Jimbo. Yeah, no, no lessons learned from him on on too risky, but he did lose his offensive coordinator to the Arizona State job, so um, you know maybe that'll help. I don't, I'm not sure who's making the final call on that. I'm assuming it's Dan, but he did make a big boneheaded move. 
first year coach getting out of the system. I think that I think he'll be okay. Uh, last thing, um, something broke earlier today about Deion Sanders potentially taking over the top job for the Colorado Buffaloes. What's think about that? I just, I mean, he's going to a program that I think was one and eleven this year. Um, I mean, I imagine Dion could probably hold out for a better job, but uh, maybe there's something about Boulder that he finds attractive. So, hey, good luck, Coach Prime. Um, you know, I knew you weren't going to stay at Jackson State long, but it'll be interesting to see what he can do at a Power Five uh, program. That's a weird move. I would I would have thought he'd have waited for something more. Uh, yeah, more desirable, something in the South, but whatever. Kill, we'll kill cool his heels till uh, there's an opening in Tallahassee. Yeah, that might be it. All right, boys. Enjoyed it as always. We got SEC Championship game coming up this weekend. Next week, we'll be rehashing uh, a, a conference championship. How many have we won in the last, like, how many Kirby's, won? Kirby's one? only won one. And there's only one and, person, and, uh, only one person from that team that's still on the roster. You want to guess? Yeah, Stetson Bennett, yeah. 34-year-old Stetson Bennett. All right, and Rick won two. two or three? Two. And Dooley won like five or six? Yeah, I think yeah right. but he didn't have an SEC championship game. He just had uh, – right. yeah. So so Kirby can catch – Rick. Kirby can catch Rick this weekend in SEC championships. He's passed him, of course, in natties. Pretty strong resume. All right, guys. Well, everybody have a good time this weekend. Thank, thank you all for listening during this uh, during this entire year. We're going to have some fun over the next few weeks, I am sure, as the dogs make their quest for back Go to dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Keep chopping, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>